0: everybody, welcome to episode 58 of Tactical Crouch, competitive Overwatch podcast that, you know, gets increasingly less competitive as the weeks go by. So, you know, we're getting it. We got a special guest this week. Of course, I am with Yiska and Joe, but the real man of the hour here. Sideshow, coming from the Fusion House this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why we've been posting out. I've I've been allowed inside finally, which is a development in my exp- <laughs> in my uh, in my expansions over at Philly. But uh, yeah, we've been doing a bunch of content out of here, so that's where I'm joining you from.
2: As we will see in your power rankings of last season, you never really spiritually left. The treehouse, of course,
1: (laughs) ranking Philly very high. It's true. It's true. You know, I had a large bias last uh, in the power rankings towards who actually did well in the playoffs last year. Now, that didn't Mm. come true even slightly, (laughs) but uh, there's a world in which
0: it came true. It, we just don't happen to be inhabiting it. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. It's the new Doctor Strange sequel is actually the one where the fusion do, <laughs> plays yeah, top
1: yeah. three. Yeah. I, had I there looked too. into all of the futures. Uh, th- there was about five in which the fusion made uh, made top three or wherever <laughs> I placed them.
0: He looks over at Iron Man and he's like, five. This many? Five. Mm. Yeah. Multiverse power rankings there they are uh well thanks again for being on the show we've had you on a few times so you know the drill you've been here before
1: i do i always so. love the music i didn't dance to it this time though because i'm it. increasing i'm increasing my professionalism levels
0: yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's great to hear very good i'm sure the very overwatch good. league will be very happy
0: uh
3: yeah. <laughs> wait uh,
1: what's brent fiat is, is that what he's say? <laughs> Are you I just got. To- now, Brent's actually just getting worse as the offseason goes on, so I have to make up for both of us. So I have to uh, dumb uh, my Fair. <laughs> he, he was starting to infect me, you know, with a, a laissez faire attitude towards things, so I got to buckle down.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Uh, we've got a really fun show for you guys this week. So we're going to be doing uh, two different things. The uh, first thing is, of course, we're going to talk about uh, a ton of. Uh, new changes in the Overwatch League, trades, free agency, all that stuff. But then we actually promised that we would go back and look at our Season 2 power rank rankings, see how they fared, and also take a moment to really call out all the jerks about our power <laughs> rankings who made us sweat and cry sweat. over those rankings until sweat. they turned out to be totally wrong. We've, we literally have almost 30 comments here. Of people so who good. were just like, I disagree with this for great reason one, two, and three. <laughs> uh <laughs> the synergy. Yeah. They were they were just, you know, out there. We're gonna take some time. Have some fun with those. And then also have some fun with each other. I believe uh Yiska, you can't even refer to Joe as Joe right now, huh? Oh stop.
2: Not
1: not wrong.
0: Not wrong at all. Yeah.
1: What is the Lord context has- of this? Is this a is this a Lord bet that went wrong? Yeah. A lost yep. Lord bet. Okay, for <laughs> well, we whatever Lord reason,
4: bet. thought that betting that Chengdu would place below both the Florida Mayhem and the Houston Outlaws was a sufficient bet to make.
1: I did think that was a wild bet when you first <laughs> took it, and even even I thought the Chengdu Hunters were going to be absolutely <laughs> abominable this season, and I still didn't think they'd be above yeah. Florida and Houston. and thus (laughs) the lord spoke light
0: (laughs) so we're going to be doing a little bit of that before we do a few pieces of housekeeping Uh, if you are watching it live hey thanks for being here you guys are awesome larger than normal crowd it's what the people want we bring sideshow on the show the people come they uh they, they come and witness so great Thanks for being on the show, Sideshow.
3: <laughs> I bring my
1: little viewbot army with me, you know? Yeah. Nobody actually wants to watch me. I just uh, pay many, many different people to be able to follow me around and just post random things in the chat. Uh, that's why the quality of the people in chat is so much worse than normal. If you, uh, if you notice.
0: <laughs> we do say okay. our subs have the highest IQ of any, like, little competitive overwatch little click
1: really really yeah and they believe that though yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) no they're great so of course now we have people priming and people calling each other bitches like that we're on a roll already so anyways thanks for tuning in live we do record live every tuesday at 11 a.m pacific time uh so definitely tune in here at kick tripod you can also support the show at patreon at patreon.com slash tactical crouch That's we're 100% supported by fans. So if you sub on Twitch or go over to Patreon, we've got some cool perks there, including a game night tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, We've got some cool perks. So go there, check it out, support the show. Otherwise, um, just thanks for being here, hanging out, and listening. Sweet. Let's talk about some of these movements. So, uh, league movements this week, we've got some interesting ones, got some big ones. I think the bit like. Oh my I just lost my entire monitor. Okay, there it comes to come back. I just about had a heart. Gotta
4: attack. love when that happens.
0: Jeez, that's never happened. <laughs> uh we'll, we'll just go down no particular order here. Uh since we're in the fusion house, fusion partways with Neptuno. Sad face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sad emoji. Let me pull up her graphics. We have a we have a really fancy little graphics generator. Courtesy of Eric. E-E-E-E-E in chat. Uh, Made us a wonderful graphic thing where we can kind of see the state of the Philadelphia Fusion. Neptuno gone. Still have Elk and Boombox, though, as far as we know. Uh, Boombox still under contract. Elk still under team option, I guess is what you would say. Uh, Neptuno, though, I mean, Yiska, what's your take on this? Neptuno, good move for the Fusion slash... um, (laughs) Do you see him finding another slot in an Overwatch League team soon?
2: So it very much depends on uh, who Fusion will slot into that. I expect it to be a Korean player um, because I think... Okay, season one, there was definitely uh, no debate that uh, Neptuno was a top three Western main support. And of course, the main support role potentially more limited to language skills than other roles because shot calling is uh, a lot of shot calling is ha- um, had there um so we will have to see who they slot in for that um for natuno himself i think it's sort of rough uh, especially because his lft post came so late which made me believe that maybe he's a little bit late to the party i'm not sure and especially a lot of Western teams seem to have already held a lot of the tryouts, so it will be hard, I think. Um, but generally, I f- still think he probably is an upgrade over already signed main supports on some of these teams. And um, well, you you can also argue, of course, that he has amazing drive, right? Like in the mm-hmm. in the way that. He played through illness and whatnot um I will also say uh I think whatever impression teams had of him, I don't think it's fair at all to um judge people on how they behaved in the Philadelphia fusion uh because the environment was just like i think conclusive to what's behavior that you know, it's not it's not overly negative what's being said anyway. So um I think
1: uh Western teams specifically should be looking at him, certainly. Yeah, I, I think Neptuno is a huge pickup for a bunch of different teams who are looking to have English speaking supports. I mean, outside of a few people that are already like god tier level supports like your your masters your big gooses uh these kind of people that can also speak english i think neptuno should be right up there i was really surprised actually that the houston outlaws re-signed boink instead of going for Mm -hmm. somebody like neptuno i just don't see the logic behind that even slightly i can't think of a world in which that signing makes sense personally i think the the argument is that is lucio is not up to par neptuno's that
2: seen, yeah that i've I mean, seen represented I mean,
1: yeah. neptuno was the original was originally a lucio player and i don't think mm. that blanks lucio is particularly impressive either i think neptuno actually has very good mechanical skills on uh on heroes what what i think neptuno would be best with is like a, a coach that can properly draw it out of him um mm. he's a he's certainly a player that knows how he wants to play and has you know a strong opinion on how the game should be played as well but if you bear him with uh with the right coach and put him in a leadership position in a team, I think you'd see that team do very well. I think mm. it was part of the reason why Philly did so well in their first year, but also, you know, the, the kind of headstrong manner might have been, uh, you know, part of the, but there was a lot of headstrong people on the Philadelphia fusion. Uh, the team itself was full of incredible individual talent. They had a lot of potential, but the issues with the team were, you know, they couldn't really find a system to make all of that fit together.
2: <clears throat> I'm seeing the comment in chat. Boink is nowhere near as expensive. I don't think that's true simply because neptuno is now a free agent so there is no buyout and you can offer a player that's not getting other offers which i don't know which i'm guessing mm. uh whatever you want right like if I... the player wants to play just give him a um a six, uh, like a bonus based on placements or something like that and he will have drive and um, I think you you could just pay him just as much as Boink or, yeah. you know... I, like I, for...
1: I totally agree. And also, I think people always forget that the Philadelphia Fusion were the last team to be able to be created in the Overwatch League because yep. they came in last. And they signed a bunch of players that had no previous offers. Guys like EQO and Neptuno at the time weren't mm. going to be in the Overwatch League until they came to Philadelphia Fusion. So the idea that Philadelphia Fusion's players would already be on really high salaries, I think, is like a, a, a nonsense argument, especially when you look at the fact that he... Um, Presumably, didn't renegotiate at the beginning of last year. I actually don't know. They they kind of fucked up the contract status of it, right? They yeah. originally listed him as a free agent, then they listed him as team option. So mm. it's hard to tell what was really going on there. Yeah, true. I wouldn't imagine that he was on some kind of ridiculous salary to even begin with.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Does Boston just swoop him up and and slap him in the roster now? I mean, they've. I mean, we'll get to their movement as well. But I mean, that seems like a good fit, and it would kind of. Uh, Go along with the whole uh, craft group, uh, you know, move of uh, just taking some of the best free agents and just slap them in your roster. I think you know, it, like you said, it's not necessarily super expensive to sign a free agent. Um, and it looks like Boston is going to be in the market for somebody. Do you think that they uh, they they make a play?
1: I, I think that that's a, a team that could definitely be a decent pick. Uh, the, there's a few teams that still are looking for. Um, main support players and Boston Mm -hmm. would certainly be one of them uh the question is whether or not they think that he they have like preconceived notions about how Neptuno would fit within their team environment I think um if they were to actually give him a chance I think Neptuno would fit in incredibly well but because of his um status within the league already you know because Mm. he's um uh because he's already had success and because he's sure. like a leadership figure and stuff. I think there's uh, Boston likes to really mold new players out That's of absolutely
0: not. So what about justice? I mean, I don't think we have a, a flex support really on justice right now. And support.
4: Yeah. It, I mean, they're network? still, they're still in the building phase. Um, Lots of still, movement there. I mean,
0: I don't, don't think know that they're know grabbing if they're gonna any re-sign the
1: supports Arc. from gladiators. No. Ark is a free agent, but you don't know if they're going to resign him. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's possible that they might re-sign him. He was just looking for different options. And Ark is always still going to be a good pickup for a team like Washington if they're intending on bringing back some of their Korean players. Uh, as it looks, they probably aren't going to be bringing back any of the Korean players that are actually there, right? I think they've already let go of all of them, haven't they? Is, are any of them still on the roster? I uh, even... Other than Ark, no. Right, and Ark isn't as well. Like He's a he's a free agent yeah. that they could re-sign, right. so it's possible that they are... don't need the bilingual status of Ark.
0: The only people under contract right now for justice are Corey, Elivo, Sish, and Stratus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they just signed Raw, right, as yep. well? Yeah, Yeah. so that's yeah. brand new from today, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so I guess Raw is the Korean player that Ark might be uh, interested to work alongside, but I think, yeah, Neptuno would be a, a good fit there. We also I mean there's a ton of teams that we also don't really know what their plans are. Mm-hmm. And presumably some of them are going anglophone. Like it's not like there aren't enough mm-hmm. Korean players to make very good Korean teams out of all twenty teams in the league. So there are some teams certainly that he would be able to fit into really well. Most
3: mm-hmm. yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. We got more though, and this is this is a big one. The Boston Uprising have parted ways with Kellex, aim god, RCK, Persia. And stellar. Who's the one I'm missing? Alamo. Alamo. Thank you.
4: Alamo. I think his uh, name is pronounced Alamo, whatever. but but I love.
1: No offense. I like
0: LMAO. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I like the meme with the alien. That's just yeah. <laughs> excellent.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, now I'm not going to pronounce their name again on the show, so, so we don't have to worry about it. So that is, I mean that that's basically Boston's cleaning house here, right?
4: Basically.
2: Yes. Yeah, Um, I think the move is just to get their team options out as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. just to be able to then sign free agents, right? And to make moves on the market uh, potentially early, at least. And it's certainly a testament to them not being really satisfied with how the season went.
1: You don't say. Yeah. shocking they, yeah. they went from third best to third worst that's yeah. a that's a catastrophe I wonder whether it says something because Boston Uprising are a very interesting case study I think certainly coming towards into 2020 because yeah. they have this very much farm team mentality where they go for players that um, other people were overlooking and I don't want to say they, they money ball it because I don't know what research they actually put into these players I think it's more yeah. of like Huck's gut if you want to use that as the opposite of moneyball, I suppose it's like the very old school Approach to it. Um but they had one season where they went incredibly well, where they picked up guys like Note, they picked up guys like striker who nobody else was going for, and ended up being fantastic pickups. And then this year they picked up people who, again, nobody was really looking at, people like Blase and Color Hex and uh Fusions, I suppose, as well. Persia. And although it some of them seem like decent payoffs, like I still think that Color Hex has potential. They were talking about the leadership of Blase and Fusions, they seem like okay players. Um, the the team as a whole just absolutely was uh, a dumpster fire. So, if you're looking at having that kind of low budget approach to 2020, you got to look at Boston and think, oh, this can go one of two ways, and it's. I think it's most likely to go the way that Boston went this year. I think they had a freakishly good year in 2018. 100.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, um, I think we've we've kind of set and we're uh, a little bit more we're a little bit more skeptical on the Boston process. Yeah. I think on this show is. I, I think mean, many people would may li- may like us to. We'll discuss that later in the show. By the yes, way, yes, we okay. will. <laughs> we okay. will get to that. But uh, yeah, yeska.
2: No, no, like, like, let, let's talk about it. that. Began, then, because I think Sacha, you made that video, right, with uh, Boston sold the golden goose.
1: Oh, I think we, we have a very it, good yes. argument, yeah. yeah.
2: In that, yeah, no,
1: yeah. Absolutely. I think you need uh, you need a transcendent coaching talent to be able to spot those kind of players in the first place and to be able to actually <clears throat> mine the potential out of them, right? Because mm-hmm. the guys like I, I think there was potential. If you had let's let's run the thought experiment of Boston still have Krusty in twenty nineteen. What are they really able to make out of this team? I don't know. I think that they could have, you know, turned uh, the the tank line into like when they had note to begin with. They could sure. have turned the tank line into something pretty dangerous. Um, and I think that they would have found much more success out of uh, Color Hex and Blase. But you're still a little bit um, stuck because the way that they built the team wasn't very effective for goats or for two two two. So I think that even even the best coaches in the world wouldn't have been able to sure. do too much with boston right? i will
2: say the best coaches in the world don't let that roster through so
0: yeah that's part that of the coach chance, right is gonna you know not let that happen i guess right you hope oh, yeah. so sure. at least but i mean Krusty is also...
1: certainly a very headstrong kind of person who would argue with it right? yeah but huck might <laughs> just force everything else through i suppose
0: yeah and i think that's kind of the thing right is ultimately this was huck season huck's oh. roster um <clears throat> So yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll kind of see. We'll have to see. We need to get Mineral back on the show. Is what we need to yeah. do. We'll get Mineral back on here. Ask him what the f- are you thinking, and then uh, he'll let us know. Just like that, it's that, easy, it's, that it's that easy, guys. That easy, kids. You just gotta <laughs> ask, and you shall receive. It's interesting though. I'm. I don't know. Man. I want to see Boston do well with with this kind of. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the the term, and I don't want to see Yiska's eyes roll back he's gonna say the head, m-word uh is the, the kind of moneyball mentality there it is uh, <laughs> the uh, m-word yeah Dreaded. so <laughs>
2: have you have you since gone to bren and explained
1: to him what moneyball means <laughs> yeah but actually the way that he so <clears throat> i saw that the whole um the whole reddit thread about that right (laughs) it was a reddit thread about i think it was like brend's quote and then people discussing the fact that moneyball is always misused in the comments as well Mm -hmm. but the what brend didn't say but which is also really happening is a lot of those teams are also going hardcore into data analysis to try and find these players
2: so every team hasn't some sort of Data analysis or not Not, every, but a lot of the teams
1: that are trying to do like the, the super team approach are doing it based on like gut instinct and like Mm. trying to find the best players and that kind of stuff. So it, it really only applies in a huge degree, I think to, to teams that are trying to be smarter with their budgets rather than just blowing everything out of the water. Um, the, the reason why Moneyball still doesn't really apply is because Moneyball was finding one stat that particularly correlated with victory. And nobody's sure. found anything like that in Overwatch. We haven't even found a bunch of stats, at least as far no. as I'm aware of. Having said that, nobody would share it, right? If you found the yeah. magical stat, you wouldn't yeah. go on Twitter and be like, oh, guys, this correlates with winning. Pick up a bunch of players that can do this. But I just don't think that it's feasible within you know, a short span of the, the game's history.
2: So- and we'll also... Take really quick. I t- also take issue with the, uh, What did he say? How many people? Money balled? I think
1: fifty to seventy-five percent of the teams.
2: So, is what he was so saying. my issue is the connotation for me also or the edit um, uh, sense of it is also that they're not spending much because that was the point of uh, the initial money ball True. thing, True. right? Where like they could budget it uh, because others wouldn't find those gems. And I don't think fifty percent to seventy-five percent of the Overwatch League teams are John is about to uh, lay some saving money, but they are dripping this season. Dripping money.
1: Yes. It's nuts. It's, it does the so the 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 plans are constantly changing for different teams as well. So I've the there've been some that have yeah, true. started going for like a you know, I'm going to spend a bunch of money and try and get a bunch of players and then they can't find the players that they want. And so they have to cut back. And at that point, you might as well save because it's just pointless trying sure. to make like a, a decent team that spends you a lot of money that doesn't get anywhere. Um, so we'll we'll see at the end. I, I think. I don't know. I think there could be. I think 50 percent is starting to look like it'll be on the high side for <laughs> uh, for teams that are going for that, like low budget money wall approach.
3: Yeah. I'm just yeah.
0: gonna say for the record, i I don't totally agree with the definitions of moneyball here. And my definition of moneyball and and my understanding in it is you you are exploiting um, you're essentially looking for places where uh, you can improve you can improve for less, right? You're finding efficient ways to exploit out results. and yes, it's usually statistically driven, but it's not always. It's just Really strong coaching farm systems. Really strong, um, usually usually like team works, team mechanics, that kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. you know we'll get it. We'll get a group of six guys who can work well together with maybe less overall skill season than or skill ceiling than somebody with more. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that yeah. uh, Boston. Well, thought they found a stat and then just hired on that. Yeah,
1: sure. Sure. I mean, the, the term itself has kind of been perverted by the fact that so many sports fans used it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't even like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But the, the idea is we know that they, they, they are definitely not paying a lot of money for most of, if not all their players and staff, we know them to be on the, the very low end Mm -hmm. of that there, but that's, you know, we, we see this in professional sports all the time and there's there's different goals for different teams. Not every team every year is looking to just win the Super Bowl, right? Yes, 100%. it's it's a viable strategy. So
1: I mean, they do get draft picks for tanking in the NFL. You you just true. get less than tanking in you do. the owl. Even then, like
0: <laughs> you you actually get gain profitability by losing because you yep. Have, you know, you spend certain amount, and you know how many tickets you're going to sell for a year, and you're like, hey, if you know the the last we have to spend the play- pay these players, we can break even mm-hmm. here. It's it's we won't go into it. We don't have enough time yeah. to go into it today.
4: It, One it, last complicated. thing. Yeah, yeah. One last thing with the uprising, I I'm interested to see when they stop kind of playing the bizarre game where they just sell everybody and they you know try to bring in like underdog and, and new talent and rookie talent. Um where do where do they stop the buck on on what person do they make their their Tom Brady at what which, which position what player is it you know something that's coming in the future are they going to sign somebody to uprising academy and put them on a two way and really like this is this is our franchise guy are they even looking at it that way like i'm i'm interested to just see how this team in particular just kind of goes um into the scope of Overwatch league history and and see when they decide to stop like Playing the economy game and actually like trying. I thought Note would be that guy, honestly, because
1: he was the team, he was very much a team leader figure. He was Mm -hmm. groomed specifically into that position by Huck. He's a Canadian, he's worked with him a lot. Like Huck was very much there with Note, guiding him into being a better player and, and making sure that he was part of that development process the entire time. Note was one of the only people keeping the Boston Uprising. Uh, system working this year and then Huck sold him to try and get someone who could also play Sombra so I, I don't think that anyone's safe I don't think yeah. there's a single person on the Boston Uprising I, do, I just don't think that's how their mentality works at this point
4: yeah, yeah. 100%
0: let's keep going so we have a lot of these to go through yes uh, Spitfire making some coaching coaching changes Joe I, I saw you making some tweets about this one uh, what, what's going on here yeah <laughs>
4: Um, so we have Spitfire adding, uh, Twinkle former, I believe he was the main support for BK stars back in the day. I think he's, uh, did some coaching in pack in general. Um, and then they signed awesome guy, former main tank of Florida mayhem and LW blue, uh, back in the day, um, as a coach and Pavane. Um, and then they moved what they move agape to head coach. Is that correct? Yes. And then Pavane is coming from NYXL as a head coach and now is an assistant coach under Agape. Hopefully that's correct.
2: No, that's and my. That's just, and that's right? just the
4: coaching staff. We'll we'll get to the, the player movement uh, after we 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 dissect the coaches so far. Yeah. So as where,
2: I as I read uh uh <laughs> Pavani assistant coach, I was astral projecting just like <laughs> What is going on? Is everything I was told about NYXL's coaching uh, a lie? <laughs> and actually there's someone else totally unknown that's a master... Or was the assistant coach money that good? Or what's going on there? Like, it's it's really weird. Or, alternatively, and that is the elephant in the room, I think, as, as of a question, mm-hmm. is who is moving into the NYXL head coach yeah. position. Yeah. And yes. I think... A lot of t- uh, it, people in the community are not considering how wide-reaching that pull could potentially be. What do you mean? Meaning, which established coaches they could theoretically pull off their That's established true. teams just by having. Dude, I'm I'm just like real talk. NYXL in general are such a well-led org at least from what we um, see from the outside seemingly everything other than potentially the xl2 um yeah uh, messaging thing that was later found out to not be as severe as it actually sounded Mm -hmm. everything in that org is just squeaky clean to amazing
1: Right. They have a very good ownership group that understands sports very very well. We went and, mm-hmm. and met with them just before we went to the grand finals and they they know what they're doing. Like they they're on the ball. They've got great plans for activating in New York and setting up their their system there. They know how to run a organization. They're very good with their branding. They they do almost everything very very well from the top to the bottom.
3: Yeah.
4: I can't agree more. Like I, that's, that's the uh, pinnacle of a team that I, you know, um, I, I saw that Andy Miller made a tweet that, you know, teams are getting very close to being profitable. And I would assume that NYXL is probably one of those teams that's getting very, very close. They've developed a, an incredible local fan base. They have incredible marketing. Um, I, yeah, I, it's from top to bottom, just a, a very, very good org, at least from the outside looking in, you know, we can't, can't speculate too much on how the inner workings might go, but seems seems like a, a great great uh, business to be in as for the coaching changes
1: though this is one of the oddest coaching changes that i've seen mm-hmm. and i think that it actually reveals quite a bit if you if you think that through because yeah. the coach for for pavane to leave nyxl and join a london spitfire team where he knows profit and gesture are not going to be there Right? Mm-hmm. These two things don't happen without knowledge of each other. Yeah. For him yeah. to leave and join London as an assistant coach when he knows the team is going to be worse, like I don't see a world in which London isn't going to be uh, worse than they were last year without mm-hmm. profit and gesture. That, to me, would indicate that Pavane did not choose to jump towards the London Spitfire, but was instead pushed out of the NYXL. That would be my speculation Mm. from that because uh, why would it, like everyone on Reddit saying, why would he do that? Why would you go and join as assistant coach under Agape? Uh, Why would you go and join the London Spitfire after they get rid of their two-star players? I think the most likely outcome is that the NYXL respected him, but after two years of not quite meeting what they were capable of in the regular season when it came to the playoffs, they mm. probably decided that they needed a change at head coach. I'm not saying that Pavan's bad under uh, at all. Sure. But what I am saying is there was literally the NYXL guys saying that Pavan stepped down in the playoffs this year because he didn't feel like he understood the, the meta that well, and they ended up succeeding. Uh, or succeeding to a reasonable degree. Now, whoever took over that job in the playoffs and ended up actually giving them some playoff success, that's who I expect to be promoted internally. Sure. That th- would be my logical step-by-step of how mm-hmm. NYXL runs. <laughs> do you think there's a Did world... Did it, ha- w- it happen in scrim chat? <laughs> <laughs> Coached by the other team?
3: Can you please <laughs> do
1: this? So you're a respectable opponent, so we... But they, they do have some good... So here's my other speculation as well. The, they most Say recently it. did a piece on uh, on one of their assistant coaches within the team. I don't know whether you guys follow the the, uh, the social media and the stuff for all of the teams, but I, I tend to find that the people they want to big up within organizations, <laughs> they do content pieces around yes. just beforehand. And they just did a content piece around Imt, their, their assistant coach who used to be a neuroscientist mm-hmm. that has been doing a lot of yes, data true. analysis and stuff for them. And he seems like... That seems like a decent candidate for me to promote somebody internally. If they're not looking for somebody outside, and if, and this is a big if, if Imt was the person that took control of the team when Pavan wanted to step down a little bit in their um, in, the, in the in the playoffs this year, I could see Imt becoming the new head coach. But there's a lot yeah. of speculation involved there. <laughs> I don't know.
3: I mean, it,
2: that, that sounds not unreasonable, but am I really the only one that's thinking...
4: Yes. Maybe, I think maybe. there's two very good candidates, at least on the table, not within the team to be promoted. Like,
2: how do I say this and try to even more pointedly try to, um, without any, any knowledge, but couldn't it be Krusty? No. I don't think so. You, you, I think you, the San, San Francisco
4: shop would have
2: low I don't
0: th- yeah. Are that's you kidding money. me? I
4: don't think that matters.
0: I think it does matter. That's BS.
4: There's right. no way that Shock wins and then lets go their head coach.
0: Well, even if they say, not about say,
4: the coach,
1: say the head coach was only on a one-year contract or something, sure. say it's completely up to Krusty. Do you think Krusty would take that rather than have back-to-back years of potential success with a Shock squad that he already knows is capable yeah, of what's, the championship? What's your,
0: what's your justification for why you think Krusty would go to NYXL? What's, what's the Well, thing a new that challenge for give... one.
2: I I don't know if you can instill the same hunger uh, in the same place, Uh, but... So he goes um, from a
0: first-place team to a third-place team? I mean, a um, third-place team without him could be a first-place team. Put Krusty then to London, dude. Give him the lead role or whatever. Like, there's a challenge for you,
1: Krusty. That that is a challenge.
2: (laughs) Also, there are very often things just in the background of organizations that just rub people the wrong way. And sure. if you're just getting told by the other organization, yeah, we're not doing that, you have say over X, Y, Z, things like this have definitely happened. Are you right? basing sure. this off of like a
0: hypothetical situation, though, where Krusty's is just unhappy in San Francisco?
2: Um, well, I mean, I, I don't know if he is. No idea. But um, I think was
4: that too pointed the poll point? yeah, incredibly saw, I pointed. There's, I, there's, there's I, was I was like, like ow, this, you're poking me. <laughs>
2: There's like, two reasons, right? <laughs> Either Pavane didn't want to and sure. didn't get offered. Or there was a force mightier than Pavane that pushed him out. And I don't know any other coach that in Overwatch League that could do that other than Krusty. So and okay. if NYXL actually went that way and thought, um you know maybe I don't know, tell me another coach like KDG or something. Sure. Like they are smoking the <laughs> dopest shit.
1: Yeah, that's the only if Krusty that you would want to replace but yes. There's only Krusty who is Krusty. There is no other coach in the league 100%. that approaches Krusty levels. And potentially, you know, if the if the um if the hype around 9K and junkbug comes true and that, you know, the people within the shock massively respect them and think that they could do mm. a job as well as Krusty, then, you know, maybe we have two more. But at the moment it's Krusty and then everybody else in the league. So I I agree with you. If they're gonna replace him with anybody else, then it's it's a very weird pick unless they were very unhappy with Pavani. But I, I think it's going to be internal promotion because the the NYXL already have such a good system that's led them to regular season success year True. on they year. I don't know if they need penalty, honestly. It's not Rush. I can tell you guys that. It's yeah.
0: not Rush. There you go.
1: I also think that when people were speculating about that, it just doesn't make sense to bring in Sparkle to this team. Like say Russian Sparkle are a duo package. The reason German. that you want Rush so much is because you want Sparkle right as well. <laughs> And Sparkle to this team doesn't really make sense for me. It's, he's a replacement for, like, Flower, Flowers basically. position, I suppose, yeah. for, like, a very explosive flex DPS player. But at that point, you are just upending the entire structure of this team, and mm. you already have DPS players that were uh, that are capable on, on this roster anyway. It, it feels very odd to me. Yeah.
4: It is a it is a strange um, movement. Ooh. I I'm still just worried about promoting IMT. I I don't know that he has, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Head coaching experience. Um, oh no, but I, I mean
1: most ha- most people don't have head coaching. True. True. Coaches. Um,
4: and, and that can definitely change. Um, all right. You you have something to say? What, what's up, Yuska? What do we
2: What do you got? There's one monster name that we don't consider
4: and i'm going to assume that this is somebody who's at least already uh-huh. signed. coach coach Volamel no runner <laughs> mm.
1: i think i think mm. a team will try and get runner but they will yeah. also try and get a lot of the players on runaway as a whole scale uh package shop and i don't think that, that would be NYXL but you yeah. know with the report of like uh, mayhem and stuff like yeah, that yeah of choice. That. I, like, I'm sure a bunch of different teams like that that are looking for big rebuilds will be mm-hmm. talking to Runner, if not just to you know try and get him for his scouting talent and stuff like that. Like, I think w- what a team could easily do is just give
2: him GM or a head coach, and yeah. do that affiliated team thing with Runaway. Just have mm-hmm. him still run that orc in some capacity, even if he just tells people. Uh, what to do there and um, which players to uh, develop and just give him carte blanche because this guy definitely knows he how to gets build it. talent He yeah. has proven it uh, over years now and has probably mm-hmm. one of the longest record records of doing so so and I mean if he's willing we- to leave Korea,
1: the great mm. thing about signing Runner is that you are also kind of getting a joint package with Flauvin, who's done an incredible job at running Runaway while he's been in yeah. the army as well. Yeah. So, I mean, pay them both, right? Don't don't just pay one of them and expect to get the, uh, the married partner. That seems a little bit scummy, but <laughs> if you do manage to get them both, they're both very
4: talented. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's interesting.
4: It's a huge PR move as well, like... That yep. that'll top Reddit. That'll be the news of of the the year probably. Is. You know
0: when they sit down in those Overwatch League team marketing meetings, I think the first question they ask is, "How do we top Reddit this week?" That's number one. <laughs> well, I'm I just know saying, that's what sideshow not does. Terrible. Yeah, just own, talk to me. <laughs> his own public image, uh, like uh, boardroom meetings, which is just that's like three versions of him and a bottle of wine.
1: It's me in a mirror. It's me in a mirror with a bottle of wine.
0: <laughs> no clothing, by the way. No clothing mentioned or needed. No. Just how do we get to the top of Reddit this week, boys? <laughs> just, just the three of us. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this other one, though. I think uh, Outlaws Partway with Ripa, I, we're going to mention it, but I want to talk about Outla- or, sorry, Gladiators Parting Way with Ripa. Mm. I want to talk about Outlaws Signing Hydration. Which, just like Dante, has filled the only hole that the Houston Outlaws have in their roster.
4: Uh, yeah. It the makes them a top five yeah. team.
0: That joke will make sense <laughs> later if you haven't listened to the show for the past few months. But yes, Outlaws signing Hydration. How does this feel?
2: Um, like, Hydration to me feels like the last shirt on the stack of shirts that you have in the cupboard. It's a pretty good shirt, but at some you know, point you, you forget about in a it, cupboard. and then a, you
0: feel lazy. Thing? And that's a German thing. Is that, is that just a European thing? You put shirts in a cupboard, not a closet or a oh, dresser a closet, or a I dresser. mean a
2: closet. Yeah, a dress, whatever.
3: Okay, so I, just, <laughs> I, mean, I I mean, so let's be honest. New I just words leave... <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I just leave them in the washing basket, and when, when it's time to <laughs> put yeah, them yeah. on, like.
0: Okay, sorry, I derailed that. Continue. But,
2: you know, it's, he's at the very bottom, and then at some point you feel lazy, don't do the laundry, and you're like, oh, damn, I still have hydration. Nice. So let's try that out. <laughs> like, that's basically w- what my feeling about hydration is. He is he... in a constant super state of super flexible to people telling me is garbage, and these people are the same people. And, <laughs> and uh, it's really weird that... Um, He can be held both in high regards and in low regards. To me, I think I said it somewhere in the mid season. To me, he's like he always was like exactly the middle player. Mm -hmm. Like you, basically, if you wanted to think of how good a player is, you think is he better than hydration or worse, and then you knew if he was above or below average. Basically,
1: I like though the Outlaws trio of Dante, hydration, Linksa. I think they yep. finally have a DPS trio that works for them. I mm-hmm. think you you think about Team USA, Team USA's uh DPS duo could have been Hydration Dante fairly easily like depending on what they wanted to do. Those were players that you know you would have in that uh, conversation. So the, the Outlaws I think uh, are now in a position where they can't worry about their DPS anymore. They they have everything that you would want to cover in terms of DPS. They've got mm-hmm. the player that can play the Widowmaker, uh, and that allows Linksa to specialize a lot more and will hopefully cut down on some of his inconsistencies as well. Uh, Dante and Hydration, both hyper-flexible and also very um, very good at picking up new things and being able to master new heroes. That's, that's a good trio of DPS, in my opinion. And the problem is all the rest of their team. <laughs> D- I mean... <laughs>
2: We are like moving into the two 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 meta and seeing how in the first couple of metas how important DPS were. Does it not concern you that there's not a single one where I would realistically say they are top twenty five tw- top ten percent player?
1: Wait, who? You don't think that uh, Dante or Hydration are the top twenty five percent players? Uh, Dante, maybe. Uh, I, um, I think that. I don't think I is Who You're talking about. Like, I think if you're talking about fires, like Hydration is actually. Fire player i think he would be probably up there in terms of the mm. uh in terms of the <sighs> top especially quarter?
2: with the people coming in i don't think i would put him there
1: how many people have we even gotten in, in a dps position we've maybe got like 50 something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so something top like quarter that. you may be talking like top 10 fires in the world I, I i think top 10 to top 15 yeah, and then Dante. I mean, his sombra is very good. He could become like a reasonably good, like a a moderate um, tracer and various other hit scans that he hasn't played in a while. I don't know. I think you've got a stable, stable core there. I don't think those DPS players are ever going to let you down. Okay,
4: maybe okay with that. Yeah, yeah I'd, for I'd Houston,
1: agree. they want popular players that can push them into the playoffs. They're not looking mm-hmm. to win, right? Sure. They're looking sure. to make playoff mm-hmm. runs next yeah, year. Yeah. Sure. I think if you're in charge of the Houston Outlaws, you have a certain amount of money that you want to spend, and you're like, how does this money take us to the playoffs next year? Because we missed out on it twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you don't want to blow up the team because somehow this ragtag bunch of uh, hooligans is actually nearly making playoffs <laughs> true. each year, despite yeah, going true. like 0-7 in a stage. Yeah, but you, you, There's something. I don't know what the hell it is, but there's yeah, something yeah, yeah. in the Houston Outlaws. So yeah. you don't want to completely destroy it, but you want to... Use your money most efficiently to be able to get to the playoffs. I Mm. think hydration kind of fits that. I think they're still going to make two other big moves, but I think they're on their way.
0: Hydration, hopefully, they still have the money. Hydration is for for me is the uh, answer to teams who don't know the answer to their own question. They're just like, what do we need here in DPS? Like, what do we like? What do we what do we need on our team? And you like grab a hat you pull out a bunch of you have a bunch of names in there and you're just 80 percent of them are hydration hydration yeah
4: i wouldn't be mad pulling hydration out of a hat but i'm also like not entirely super excited i didn't think he had a stellar playoff performance with gladiators it is a little weird to see him not on the world cup roster is that a personal decision is that a performance decision you know there are questions there but again, it's not a bad thing. I, I do have to agree with most of what was said. I, I, I do think good, this like sets them up well.
0: And how good a player is, unfortunately, is not the only thing, thing that drives yeah. pickups, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, come on. This kid can't give an answer to an interview question to save his life. <laughs> like, yes. He has, he has, but that's the kind of the endearing, though. Boring, like.
1: He still like owes me
2: that one and a half hours of oversight I watched with him. Like, <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm still he billing him for it, that. It's true.
1: it's the classic That's hydration show for the two DPS in the world. It's yeah. like the they, but they're very popular because a lot of people who watch esports, I think, are like that. You know, they they, they aren't the most minute. charismatic people in the world. They don't want to be represented by Chad Lords who are, <laughs> you know, as swole as Bren and shouting all the time. They, they, well, actually, I mean, Bren is an incredible weeb as well, and his life's in ruins. <laughs> so actually, that that really does vibe with a lot of people. But but a lot of the most popular players in the league don't have to be the the cool guys. They mm-hmm. also just get by on the fact
4: that people see themselves in them. Doesn't strike me as somebody who has like a, an abrasive personality. I think he's just going to oh, fit no. into the team and, and just be cr- good. Not fantastic. It's not going to lead I the hate team. You but...
3: so much.
2: <laughs> to just wake up and like, <laughs> I identify with hydration. <laughs> and I also <laughs> identify with my double weighted blanket. <laughs> like, come on, guys.
4: It's <laughs> like I'm getting hurt.
1: It's
2: a joke. It's like,
4: I feel like I need to oh,
2: start man.
1: apologizing.
0: Everyone-
2: <laughs> I think
1: everyone does that, though. You always look at people who are who have found themselves in a position of success, but have very notable flaws yeah. and endearing flaws. I'm not talking about like being an outrageous ball bag. Like uh, nobody looks at people who are douches and they're like, no, oh, wow, I'm I identify so, so as Yeah. <laughs> well maybe you do maybe you just operate on a different plane of existence but Most people, when they see people in a position of power or authority or that or success and they have very noticeable flaws it makes them reflect on themselves and be like oh i could do that you know i'm mm-hmm. flawed and i could still be successful i mm-hmm. think that's what endears people a lot to a lot of the overwatch i situations. would agree i
2: mean yeah like Defran for instance is a perfect example of exactly that right
0: sure,
4: sure. yeah yeah
0: I want to talk about one more movement here, and then we'll get into the fun stuff. And uh, Yiska, I don't expect you to care about this at all, but uh, Jester and Prophet, gone from (laughs) London. Gone from London. We're going to play a hypothetical game here. We're going to say, Mm -hmm. what if it was confirmed that they went to Seoul? What would that team look like? What if? What if? Like, just purely Mm -hmm. hypothetical. What does that team look like? Is that the move you would like to see? and uh i don't know ode are to you profit, still a profit fan at this
2: point of
4: course dude of course <laughs> but, okay
2: here's the thing like i hope they didn't blow all their war chest on them because that is very easily possible with the numbers i've heard sure. right like it then again they could still and i'm i'm sure like we know the the uh, content okay, we d- actually don't know because there are contenders contracts here where players can take out the matching uh clause in their contract. And if a team approaches them, the team, the uh, academy host team, cannot even match if the ta- player wants to join the other team. We don't know if that is the case for Glister. Hopefully, like come on, promote this kid, like that's that's all I want, and then get decent tanks and uh, mm-hmm. supports around them, and I'm okay, but like. It would be such a waste to once again have a London esque roster assembled around them. But my hope is that the, the uh, dynasty is just like, okay, so we have to market to Koreans. We are not winning at an international stage. We are not marketing to Koreans <laughs> in doing <laughs> yeah. so, right? So yeah. I think uh, there's a very good chance they are just going to mega splash
1: what um what do you mean by a roster like London around profit and gesture
2: so inconsistent um, in undisciplined uh unruly um, and
1: also just very obvious flaws I suppose right yeah yeah I think profit and gesture are part of the problem and hopefully by moving to a new home hopefully under a very strict coach and whilst representing the whole of south korea these kind of things will weigh down on them and they'll actually uh break a little bit because Mm -hmm. i think their first season performance and the fact that they had never lost a major tournament up until this year was giving them more and more of a we can do it all without actually putting in the uh i don't want to say hard work but like the there are certain necessary things that you have to do like you have to respect positioning and you have to listen to a coach's structure and you have to try and you know buy into a system rather than just expecting to be able to win everything because you have always have won everything hopefully profit and gesture can buy into a system like that um otherwise i'm worried a little bit for what sold outness they'll do but uh i think it'll be a very competitive team no matter what as long as they have a decent um off tank and short caller
4: yep I think um, all the things that we used to say about London with gesture and profit. Now you can obviously say about Seoul. you know, barring any kind of crazy. Um, but they shouldn't have both arguments.
3: That's right? true. So, but like
4: you avoid the bird ring. Issue. <laughs> the 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 point that I'm trying to make is that they can brute force their way through things. Now they have the best duo probably in the league. Yeah. Two of the best players at the role, if not profit, being the best player in the world um they can just brute force their way through metas um just with their mechanical skill alone um lest alone you know we go back to yiska's point and they promote you know glister and you know however else they filter out there the rest of their roster i know that they need supports now um they're gonna need some kind of shock hauler at this point um it's gonna be interesting um i'm yeah it's it's gonna be weird this is not something that i ever kind of assumed was gonna happen this is a very weird very weird to see c9 spend all that money you know buying kongdu buying gc busan getting the pair at their prime and then letting them go that uh that i think that should say a lot to the community
0: it's interesting. So we do also have uh, Jexa, who is confirmed free agent here, right? So that does change it a yep. little bit. And thanks to Eric, who just changed that in our magical spreadsheet of wonders. Uh, so it does change it a little bit for, for Soul, right?
2: It's, it's kind of in- interesting that Jexa never arrived, really, yeah. and that they also don't have the confidence in, um, in investing in him. Next, mm. Because he was like said to be this amazing shot caller that sure. every team was after last season. And yeah,
1: no. it's interesting that this has not really happened, right?
3: Mm. I mean, yeah, I think what...
1: he's still somebody that could have a lot of success on a different team. I think sure. that mm-hmm. he's the kind of player that you didn't even give a chance to. Seoul was constantly swapping around their roster, um, mixing and matching players. They definitely wanted to go with Jay Hong, and who better to work with Jae Hong than Toby, who's always worked with Toby. Um, the the system in the end produced reasonable results, but uh, nobody ever stood out on the Seoul Dynasty. And they weren't a team like they were expecting to be, I think. But also, mm. you look at the talent that was assigned to Seoul Dynasty. I didn't understand it when they first signed people like fits and illicit and highly Um, uh, and so I don't really think that the Soul Dynasty can be uh, considered a team where Jexa got his um, full experience like he didn't have an opportunity to reach his full potential
4: I guess the the big question is do they re-sign Toby do they go for somebody maybe like Ark to kind of uh, lead the locker room because these players are, you know, big personalities, like they're going to need somebody along with, you know, a very uh, strict coaching staff to kind of, you know, like you said, kind of break down the players and, and help remold them to be and, and reach their potential to be another uh, championship roster. Um, yeah, that that's a, that's another very weird decision. Have there been will... any rumors about what's happening to the Spark it would be interesting to see them try
1: and make a bid for IDK, IDK. or something like that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense.
1: But yeah. I mean, who knows? They might also just pick directly out of contenders. The Seoul Dynasty, because they have uh the pleasure of representing South Korea, true. can basically, I think, pick from any of the contender's talent that they want, apart from the absolute elite who mm-hmm. will want to go wherever they want to go. Sure. Um so if they feel like they have uh, main support that they uh, know of or that they've mm-hmm. heard is very good within Korean contenders or that people have scrimmed against and say is the new rising talent, then that could be that. The, on the top of my mind, though, I can't really think of anybody who I think would be better than the existing talent within the Overwatch League in the main yeah. support position. don't know. Am I overlooking Lee
3: someone? Oh, Lee
1: jae is kind of nutty, actually. I yes, am. that's true.
0: The way you said that, I thought you were talking about the broadcast talent and I checked <laughs> the <laughs> existing <laughs> broadcast talent in the Overwatch League. <laughs> It's like all right i would do that fine let's yeah let's see it happen
4: it is a shame that bliss is 14 bliss had a lights out performance at at uh at gauntlet i'm mm-hmm. very excited to see him him um, uh, him and mag are like the the big like free like the the big free agent like rookie players that won't be of age for a few years but definitely mag, mag is going to be available this year Oh, that's right.
1: Yep. That's right. He, just, he turns 18 in June, so just, it would be a yeah. bit of a risk to sign him because you don't get most of the season out of him. But I, I actually know that some people have already been interested. I don't know whether he's got any offers, but I know that teams sure. have, uh, have pursued him.
3: Fun There's fact.
1: There. I think the, the cutoff
2: is the 15th of June mm-hmm. for H. Mark turns 18 on the 11th. Therefore, coining that rule, the, the mag, mag rule. rule. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I keep forgetting. I, I always assume that he turns it after, and that's why it's called the mag rule, because he just barely misses it. But no, nice. he makes it, so. his, his parents 18 years ago. Good work.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> ni- 19 years ago, I suppose. Well
4: done. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah those uh, October bang sessions, I guess.
1: Is that what it is? I like that you did the math in your head. It's wonderful. <laughs> My I, life, I, my life is that.
0: a living spreadsheet.
1: I do that constantly for, for other people that I meet, and it's amazing how many times it's like, ah, oh, your parents banged on Valentine's, or oh, <laughs> you were you were a birthday present. It's so often is that. It's funny, it's so funny. Oh, uh, everyone should go and do were it. Were
0: born in August, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should go and do it with their with their friends.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, don't be mm. weird be that weird guy but like, oh that yeah. means your parents were had you seed. <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's
4: fantastic <laughs>
0: find find the movie that came out that that month
1: ah, and be like oh
0: back to the future came out <laughs> uh, and uh here you are
4: your parents made love to the titanic
0: yeah. there's at this... least one viewer just
2: in these views that goes like oh yeah my must parents must have done that wait my father was in Iraq serving them. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Wait a second. We're,
0: we're bringing people to some unhealthy realizations here, so we, we got to move on. I'm really excited to, uh, to discuss this. So the next part of the show, we we're actually going to dedicate to reviewing our season two power rankings a little bit. We're going to have some fun with it uh because i mean let's be real power rankings preseason, trying to predict the end of the season are on the face of it kind of ridiculous right like they're it's it's nothing more than than fun and then a pat on the back if you were right and then a big old sweltering you if you were wrong on this show anyways because that's (laughs) (laughs) that's what's about to happen we're going to take a look at our uh, season two power rankings. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to make a little fun of each other. And we're going to read some of, the, I would say, the most, um, uh, how, would I, how would I say this? The most oh. confident, contrary, wrong comments. And there was almost 30 of them that were just, like, mean. <laughs> you Just mean. And this is us calling you out and saying, hey, be nicer in the future. Be more constructive with your feedback. Oh. Said, Use your
2: brain. Sorry, can I con- really course. quickly flunk yeah. in because we got yeah. Overwatch leak news. Blase, uh, blase was signed to the Outlaws. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: interesting. interesting. Update that... the
0: spreadsheet. Let's go By back. Five
1: DPS now. That is a stupid move. That is. That's a... really weird. Why are Outlaws spending their money <laughs> on getting hydration and Blase? Yeah. You wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm just
2: getting. Uh...
4: That's. And...
3: Hydration
2: goes back to the bottom of
1: the pile. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think hydration goes under the Blase pile? It's like the the I don't know the lost sock at the bottom. I feel (laughs) that's that's such a weird move. Why would they do that? Unless Unless Blase
0: is there now in the spreadsheet for all you guys.
4: I feel like this fuels the fire that like Jake is like stepping away but you don't think that Dante and hydration and Linxa can fill
1: in whatever role Oh no Jake I totally agree but maybe they need a new shot caller. Maybe they've hired Blase for the leadership on the team. But in that case, why are you also spending money on hydration? Are unless there... Outlaws, unless Harsha has just found a new gold mine buried beneath the Outlaws station, and are he's there... just like, "What? What the hell were you guys doing? Not making changes before? You, you, you had Arhan for this long, and you were sat a pile <laughs> of gold. What
3: are, you, what are you guys doing? We're spending it on everyone."
4: Oh, I can't argue that one. That's a true for me.
3: Jeez. I don't know.
1: But these, these are these are odd. Can you can you imagine
2: like like Benedict Cumberbatch like doing the dragon for uh, <laughs> it's just Arhan like in a VR suit just going like Wah!
1: yeah. <laughs> <In my> <laughs> How odd oh, to to save money re-signing Boink presumably yeah and then to sign Hydration and Blase who both play tank that's really strange
0: yeah. You know, that's a weird uh, one. That, that, In that's where, that's where we the crickets should have been played. Why. Yeah. <laughs>
3: just
0: trust the system. You got to do with the Boston fans. Trust the system. Trust the system. Yeah. You just got to trust do, the system.
1: They do have over, overlapping hero pools, though. I don't mm-hmm. really get that move. I don't think there's anything where I would want to run a blase hydration DPS lineup where I wouldn't try and sub Dante into one of those slots. Is there. Does that mean world? they're going to lose Dante as well?
4: Are they I've... trading away Dante? I, I, that would be kind of weird. I mean, hmm. unless you're trading up for like a tank player and that's where I'm kind of like thinking, okay, possible. is there a world where Blase is going to be their flex tank? I don't think that's even still, I don't, I don't like that move either,
3: Surely but
1: not.
4: that does, yeah, that doesn't, but hydration
1: or Blase on tank is just it's a throw a feed and a half. Yeah. Maybe for social media,
2: for the, uh, Brigade posts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do
1: it. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, I don't know. Uh, unless there's many more moves coming for the outlaw, mm. it's not this one
4: for sure.
0: St- reinforce says stop sleeping on Linker. Are we sleeping on Linkser?
4: Is he moving? But but what's
0: what, like what does he mean? Stop moving? sleeping on
1: Link, sir I don't know, I mean, why would links be moving somewhere else? That means that then, why the fuck would you do that? Because then they've got no winter maker play. Yeah, they have no hits. Can. You've got no hit DPS. Then you're running uh, Dante as your sole person that can play hit <laughs> <That laughs> Because I don't
0: know. Hilarious. I'm just trying to host the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> From the noted. Chat. Thanks. Thanks. Reinforced. I feel great right now. By <laughs> the way, I feel
1: really good.
0: <laughs> that feels awesome.
1: That is very odd. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah weird it is
0: weird, isn't it? All right. That is All right, a strange one. Shall we? Do we, do we want to transition? <laughs> on sure. to the memes. Let's get to the memes. So last year, we actually spent four weeks discussing basically five slots at a time doing our power rankings from number 20 to number one before season two started. And then at the end of those, we brought Sideshow on the show. He revealed his about a half an hour before the show started. Then came on the show and kind of Gave us some clarification and justification on the um, on his on his uh, power rankings, and we're going to discuss them a little bit here. I, I apologize; the it's a little small. Uh that's what she said. Um, the 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 window is so you can't quite totally see everything, but I am going to share it here in a second in chat. So, boom, boom, there it is. It's in there in chat. People keep sharing that link if people need to say it. So, first, let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna do two things, right? Let's just take a second to laugh about it amongst each other because we definitely did not get these all right.
3: God no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> no we did think,
0: not. I think the most notable ones has to be uh, Yiska or Yiska's Chengdu. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they almost think... made playoffs,
3: dog. Yeah. yeah. And they're getting leave next year. I think yeah. we I'm so excited.
0: all had Spitfire top two. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Right. That's a meme. I'm um, looking at sideshows as well. Yep. Spitfire there. Chengdu yeah. 18. So, I mean, none of us had Chengdu very high, to be very fair. The highest we had Chengdu is 16. So
1: I, I still think that that was reasonable. As no, yeah I think Chengdu. so too. there are other teams that you look back on and you're like yeah actually i I wildly overestimated certain things like mm-hmm. we I thought that uh with London Spitfires uh changes and with their success that they would be more consistent this year sure. obviously didn't happen but uh for for Chengdu, I mean that team was built so strangely and they still found success that that to me is like a kind of a, a miracle season, more yeah. so than it being a um Something that you can look back on and readjust your... I also need to say,
0: uh, any of you in chat who are like, you can't believe they said this unless you publicly posted your rankings
4: I don't want to
1: hear it. Before
0: season two started, (laughs) just shut your mouth right now. (laughs) Like, just shut up. Post it somewhere. I don't care where. Post it. Otherwise, your opinion doesn't count. Because you're a coward. You're a coward. So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Sorry. Oh, sub to the sub to the channel, by the way. Yeah. Like, you know, sub to <laughs> the official bullying. Patreon.com slash tactical crouch. All right. Uh, what else do we need to make fun of here? So Val so Joe, I owe you an apology. Yeah, LA Valiant. We we roasted you pretty hard on the Valiant placing at number eleven. I I mean, I Mm -hmm. I went into
4: the, the season kind of expecting teams to make moves and most notably, if I can kind of put myself back in that headspace, I was very disappointed in what Fusion did and what Valiant did. Like they didn't make any moves. They weren't bringing in new talent. Like it was very much like the same old nonsense and Valiant did make a push towards the end of the season to look quite good which kind of had me a little worried looking back at the power rankings. But yeah, I I, I feel like they have to kind of make some movement this season or I'm going to have to kind of yeah. evaluate them the same way. Uh, I think they need some 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 boosts and I think they need a shot in the arm.
0: Sideshow, I keep looking at your power rankings and something the only one that really, 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 really stands out to me is the Boston Uprising at number 11.
1: I mean there's a few that stand out to me Outside as well. The Dallas fuel at number eight is pretty <laughs> Fusion, garbage. Fusion so, and... right,
0: so I say different than ours, because we had Fusion really high as well. Yeah. We had uh Dallas really high as well. So mm. we're we're all idiots. Yeah. On those two well, teams.
1: My my thing for Boston was that first of all, I thought that the goats medal would expire sometime after stage one. So was kind of predicting that, um, that that wouldn't dominate the entire season. But even so, I thought that um, their core of Gamsu, Note, and Kellex would stick together. They immediately traded away Gamsu, and then they traded away Note halfway through the season. Yep. So I think they screwed themselves over there. And I was also assuming that they would sign another DPS player because when I looked at that roster, it just didn't make sense. And it so obviously didn't make sense that I just assumed that it was obvious that they were going to sign another DPS player, specifically like a hitscan DPS player who would play the Zarya for them. And that didn't end up happening at all. Mm. Um, I think the trend though, when I look at my power ranking is that I overvalued experience leading to consistency and Mm -hmm. certain coaches enormously. and Certain coaches uh, completely failed to develop and their teams actually imploded. And a lot of the teams that I expected to do well because they had made development throughout 2018, uh, they just went straight back to being as bad as they were at the beginning of 2018. So, uh, yeah, maybe people don't learn. People don't (laughs) learn and coaches are bad is, is what I'm learning from looking at this.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I just don't uh, think they have enough time yet. I, I, I think that w- as we get into fully localized travel and and with all that stress that comes with it, I think at at a some point soon we can start to justify that and say like, OK, well, we've seen, you know, Huck do this and we can quantify that. We've seen Krusty do this. We can quantify that. And I think those two are kind of not polar opposites, but have like very different styles. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to get a better, at least litmus test on where that might settle out in the grand scheme of things. I think that as we as we progress, I think that'll be a big measuring point to to measure these teams by.
2: Yeah. I, I also think one aspect that will be fairly invisible to us as viewers will be the logistics aspects. I think yeah. GMs can actually carry next season by Mm -hmm. Not screwing up visa uh, situations and therefore forcing inferior rosters by providing excellent travel experiences and accommodations. Not sure how much the league is um, uh, um, helping there or like mandating it there. And crucially, how they make it so that practice is
4: effective. Mm -hmm. Effective practice is going to be a big one.
2: Of course the head coach has say in that but just having the logistics all figured out and always having the gear like and having backup gear and if a if a suitcase gets lost that's not a problem like s- stuff like this um, I think we will definitely see like the silent infrastructural carry performances that uh, will also show us who the good organizations are who mm-hmm. have the good uh, staff in general
0: yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I need to say, all f- three of you here with me, th- these power rankings are actually not too bad. Like, no. when when you look at, uh, and I think, um, Sideshow, I don't know where you ranked in, like, the community. Eric did, like, a, a Reddit like post a of, like, a post thing, and I know Joe got, like, second, Yiska got, like, eighth. That was like 15th. I don't know where you fell on that. I'm sure Eric I don't know. will chime in, you, in a second.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I did okay, but not
3: enormously. Yeah.
0: Lot. And I know that, like, overall, we did really solid as a podcast. Like, overall, mm-hmm. we should go and be like, you know what? Hey. Hey. Yeah, I you
3: think that
1: you there's should- a few things here as well. I mean, when, I, when I'm looking at mine, the Atlanta rain, I was expecting to do. Much worse than they did, I think mm, it was yeah. a, a miraculous season for Atlanta I did, um, they they I knew that they had a great roster, but I thought that DeFran would screw things up enormously, and it turns out that they actually had a replacement just kind of ready to go, and Baby mm-hmm. Bay ended up doing pretty well um, I thought their comms would be a disaster, and from what I listened to the comms at the beginning of the year, it was <laughs> an unholy disaster. <laughs> but they managed to fix it. <clears throat> and I'm not really sure how they managed to fix it, but I think the two are correlated to Fran leaving and the comms improving, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then the, the coaching staff as well. I don't know how much of the coaching staff was, uh, the, were the success of the team was really on the coaching staff, but they, they managed to create a system that worked very nicely and they had hungry players. Um, very field, good season from them.
0: Yeah, so it actually looks like you, so I got the link to the final grades power rankings and it looks like you cheated because you're on here twice
1: whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. no what <laughs> i had one that was um you had
0: one on stream in which you were fifth for the community yeah and then you had one that was not on stream and you were 22nd
1: well which is which let's for see the community i think one of my one of my things was full season and the other one was stage one so mm-hmm. i don't know which one was which
0: I do want to say, because Reinforce is there talking about his London placement, I've just got to scroll <laughs> down here a little bit. Zoom in.
2: <laughs> you got to edit it hosted. to get him on.
0: <laughs> I uh, I had to scroll down. I normally don't have to
4: scroll down this far. On our audit, looks like you fell below the 50% mark Valiant, there, Mr. Gunny.
0: His, uh, his rank too high was oh. Valiant at number eight. And his... uh. Ranked too low was the rain at number 10.
3: Mm. Hmm.
1: Interesting. <laughs> no, no. Also, since many... <laughs>
0: Dogman's Dog in here too, he's right next to Reinforce. <laughs> what? yep. What's up? Way dude? down
1: at the bottom. Way down uh... at the bottom. Oof. But I think that's how many places they were away. Yeah. The, yeah, the so so
0: that's how many places. Yeah, so places it was eight, away. eight places off. Yeah. Valiant high, rain low. Rain finished what, like six, seven? Most people had rain for uh, rank too low. A good amount of people had valiant for rank too high. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Man, all right. Let's. Can we get to some of these comments? Can we just do it? Sure. We let right We're go. just gonna go right in and uh, get started here. <laughs> here we go for the first one (laughs) by the way I'm not going to call you out over audio if this was you but let's take a look at this twitter comment said uh, I haven't listened to the podcast yet but I'm interested to see the reasoning behind the uprising being so low I understand that they're questionable to say the least but I would put them at least in the top 15 if not top 12
1: well I agreed (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> don't know about that one
0: yeah a little bit off um, Yeah, sorry <laughs> i don't mean to make fun of like this person i would i would it.
4: imagine it was probably more of like a structure kind of uh you know, overweighing the structure that that huck tried to provide
1: yeah which i, I get i, I get mean, it they, they actually started the season all right didn't they and then when they I think their first so. stage was pretty decent. It was like Let's three and four look. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, they traded away no and went into four free and three,
4: four and three, four and three. Stage
1: one. Not yep. even Made that bad. Not even that bad. Yeah, yeah. I I remember preparing
0: like uh, Boston redacted comments because it was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, they're they're gonna do it again. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first one. Here's the second one. Uh. Everyone still wilding On Boston Sigh We're actually going to just bust out A couple of other ones uh, For Boston Because there's a lot of them Boston is definitely going to be higher Oh
1: no (laughs) Uh, Oh no Turns out they're definitely going to be lower
2: You know what hurts All these people were arguably Not more
1: off. I was about Chengdu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People sleeping on Houston and Boston.
1: I mean, imagine that. Imagine thinking yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Oh, no So boy, here's, no. here's one I do want to shout out from the Boston Uprising Discord. Yeah, we went deep.
4: We're going y'all. to war.
0: So we posted these, and uh, someone posted our tweet with the top 20 rankings, and they said, LOL, what? I'm playing this one, and then in SpongeBob means you can't replace Striker. They are bad now. Essentially, there are a I ton mean, of good yeah. players that were still on the team other than Striker. Is this season one again? That just means we can prove them wrong again. Yep. The only thing that has changed is the DPS and both DPS. We lost were great, but still meta shift, etc. I'm really excited. For season two, it's going to be a good one.
4: I have I appreciate the passion. Interesting. I
0: mean, as a fan, don't you have an obligation to be? I
4: suppose
0: high on your team to some respect to come. On, yeah, guys.
4: Maybe higher than most. Don't
0: but... flame us if your discord on your discord. If you're going to flame us, if we yeah, you know, can't flame you back, at us, you know. I'm in there. Like I just lost my my community role. <laughs> <laughs> by the way Boston fans for real I, we're just having fun with it's, this one here. it's just a yeah, if yeah. it would have gone the Nothing other serious. way we would have like I probably would have oh, done I like
4: gladly eaten crow
0: I would have done like a really sad song and be like Boston fans I understand this has been a tough season for you <laughs> listening to this show I apologize so I would have very well have just have fun have fun with it okay it's cool it's cool all right, that's the bo- those are the Boston ones. I've noticed that maybe it's easier to do this by team. hmm let's, uh, let's talk about Shanghai. Oh, boy. The fact that none of you, I, I don't have Chengdu in my bottom five. Okay, Matador. Uh, the fact that none of you have Shanghai bottom five is a little shocking. Full power rankings to come in January. I don't think that those were ever posted, by the way. Why in the world would you put Shanghai bottom five?
1: Yeah, I felt bad putting them as low as I did, and I put them at fourteenth, uh, mm-hmm. which That's is insane. bottom seven. But yeah, I mean, what was the Shanghai's issue was that they didn't really have like a proper off tank, right? Because they yeah. came into the league and they ha- only had uh, they only had Ding, and then Geggary was still kept on the roster. So I was a little concerned that they uh, they wouldn't have the greatest off tanks in the world, but. Ended up working out for them. They found a style that really fit them. Yep.
3: Yep.
2: And they brought on Envy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Later on in the season, but... Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: There's a... That's just... What other one? (sighs) Here's a great one. Shanghai Dragons Higher Than Outlaws. Big. Oh, my God.
4: How... How can you justify that one? That's some... That's some fan shit that, like, I want what you're smoking. Cause that sounds like a
1: beautiful it's looking time. At
0: last year's power rankings and just saying nothing's changed.
1: Yeah. I think they just didn't know where the players came from for the new Shanghai. I mean, Kong, Panthera yeah. was,
4: there's enough people out contenders. that are like, they just signed like a great team. A lot of the core from this really good team and contenders was just signed. Like this is a brand new team. There's enough of narrative out there to to kind of change your opinion. Like this was just like my head's in the sand and it's not leaving. You can't make me leave. The Houston outlaws are just better. It's like, come on. You goofballs. Okay. There's another
2: Shiner Dragon Swan. We're (laughs) out. Okay. We we don't have it in the shots, but it's just a quick Reddit comment, and it says, Is Shanghai that low? I think Shanghai will be 3 to 5. I
1: mean, that is a little bit in the other direction, my dude. That was, that's incredible, though. I mean, what a prescient comment. And then they go (laughs) on and win stage three. But even that, that, like, that's not too crazy if you really were like a Korean Contenders fan and you watched all of it. And because there was a world in which you buy into the, the world in which Korean Contenders is just better as good or better than the current owl teams you know that that's probably the kind of person that thought vancouver titans were just going to win the entire thing and were nearly correct as well (laughs) yeah all right
0: all right what else do we do we have any other shanghai did you guys talk about the other shanghai one
2: we we did the yes shanghai
0: that low yep yeah all right cool let's go on to paris
1: Ooh. This one's nuts to me. Paris Eternal yeah.
0: absolutely have a European Super Team, and NYXL <laughs> are really the only good example of the core working Korean core, by the way. Spitfire picked up two entire teams, plus Fury and Nuss. Not a similar comparison for KDP. They had a meta that suited their players. Plus, Korea is a heavily depleted region.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: well yeah i don't know man this this never struck me as a european super team i mean the the the, they don't have the greatest players from europe the greatest players from europe were already in the league and then Mm -hmm. even the best available players they they didn't pick up so never quite understood that yeah I think we're all fairly on the money with Paris. Honestly, they, yeah. they've performed almost exactly as we expected.
4: I kind of expected them to do a little bit better.
0: I wanted them to be on higher notes. I wanted but them to boss me, know man. Why. Shut up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are you ever going to let that cat out of the bag? By the way, I've
4: thought about asking, but no.
2: I mean, you don't need to ask anyone to t- say that.
4: Well, I don't want to step on any toes. I don't even know what you're oh talking my God. about. I yeah, you wouldn't mind. know. I'll tell you after <laughs> <Okay. that. laughs> it's literally nothing.
0: Yeah. We have another one for Paris Eternal. Why Eternal is rated so low? Well, I hope you know the answer to that by now. <laughs> um yeah. another Paris one. I think Paris has a lot of underrated talent. LH Cloudy was one of the best tanks in Europe, and I rated Finzi ahead of RCK. Uh well, Shadow I mean
1: Right, Finsy head of RCK. RCK also did not. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> a great year
2: for Europe, was it? Oh, my no, God. I think no. Europe's
1: stocks went down enormously this Massively, year. The, the, yeah. the stonks in the London stock market have just fallen <laughs> at, at unbelievable levels.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Shadowburn is underrated. He's a mechanical beast. His playstyle just didn't work with Carpe. Missed me. <laughs> now, I will say that
4: I, I did make a public comment Criticizing Asfara towards the end of the season, Aspara actually did look solid, so oh, yeah, I'll we'll concur there. there. I um, think soon as well has right.
1: still shown that he's a very capable player that will always give give you solid performances. Yeah. He's one of the only players on Paris that you could rely on to be, mm-hmm. be good all the time. Now his Zarya though. Not yeah, good.
4: Zarya, not good. Not, not good. Yeah. But in 222 is Everything else though? Yeah. Easy. I think he's he's he was one of those the miracle savior children that the 222 was kind of made for. I think he's gonna do better than he did last season.
2: Yep. I kind of regret that this season uh, wasn't Genji meta in some way because I would have loved to not see Shadowburn play a single game <laughs> if, <laughs> if, could, if the coaches could be helped.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, to finish the comment, Danye and Nico are both quite solid and soon is the model of consistency. Think Cruz is a beast too. Biggest question for me is their flex support. The Fuel Flame logo is shaped of an F... What it is, I
1: uh, is uh yeah, the, those Paris fans can uh, can take a little more hope in 2020. Just carry that hope and ride it with you into 2020.
4: Yes, Coach 9K. yep. Uh, Coach
0: 9K. here's one of my favorite, that is Posse tripod, <laughs> such a Paris hater. Paris is actually looking really good. IML. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: in the band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're dabbing to clown music.
4: (laughs) That's going in the bloopers. Somebody clip that. Amazing.
0: Sorry to call you out there. Volumel's uh, on (laughs) Paris' placement. Here's another one. Surprise, surprise. Doesn't know anything about the EU sing. Surprise, surprise. EU is the worst region. Surprise, surprise. Uh... Rates and I think the rest of the comment is something like uh, rates Paris sixteenth or something like that.
4: Like, when did we ever say that EU was the worst region? I think we were all like, well, I mean, I don't I don't I, I thought, speak for everybody, so but I
0: thought I remember Yiska saying this at some point. I think that this was directed at Yiska. I have uh-huh. said before that EU is one of my weakest regions. So I know sure. when I've talked about Paris on the show i'm like i'm gonna be honest guys this is probably one of the most like highest deltas for me because i just don't know the players so much are you boys talking shit yes we're talking shit that's the point of this episode yes (laughs) uh yes uh go through and read the like disclaimers and stuff we're just having fun just a little banter yeah, Yiska said that EU was the weakest, the weakest region. That they're kind of oh, isolated.
4: Oops. Well, I mean, you're kind of right. I mean, to be fair, not a not it's a great not getting year.
0: Getting no, dude, it's it's not getting better. <laughs> um, Oof. cool. So that was Paris. Let's talk about out. There's a lot of outlaws. Comments oh, here. Oh, I
1: love talking about outlaws. That's a good <laughs>
0: one. I'm sh- I'm
4: actually shocked that we don't have uh, like Atlanta fans at all. Like. Trying to come at us with like some sort of crazy overprediction, because they were like another very vocal fan.
2: Well, group. mostly because we left out the comments where they said you're underrating them, and we did actually, in fact, very much underrate that's them. That's true. All.
4: It's very true. <laughs> like, uh, that's
2: that is
0: our true. L. <laughs> this is one of my favorite yeah. ones with the Jake Outlaws GIF and everything. Houston Outlaws, what do you have against the Outlaws? They will do so much better than what you are ranking them with Jake.
1: Uh, it's it's crazy to me that the Outlaws have been sold this idea that their players are very good because their team keeps overperforming. I think, like, mm-hmm. it, and I, I think the Outlaws must have something. You know, they've found a way of meshing their team together, and they all believe in the same vision and that kind of stuff. But I think it has led to some wild over. Estimations of these players' individual ability. I think if you if you really if you literally dropped the whole of the Outlaws and made them free agents, I think half the team wouldn't have any offers, no. like not a single offer. Which certainly says something to the um, the the expectations that people should have going into a season like this one in twenty
3: nineteen. Mm-hmm. Let's keep. But going. they do have very good synergy.
0: That's true. Um, let's keep going here. Uh yeah, we 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 had the people sleeping on Houston and Boston ones. Most underrated team 2019, LOL Go Outlaws. There you go, Pernegade. There's one of yours. Silly, silly.
1: Yeah. I mean, most underrated team was certainly the Alanta rain by the look 100%. of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, in terms of how we all rated them. I suppose Chengdu, maybe. Chengdu. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, Chengdu is That's probably the only one that comes second, close. Just say. because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I did have them in 18. I had them pretty far down yeah. as well.
4: That one was a tuppy, though. <laughs> Understandable, I'd say, for Chengdu. Uh,
0: outlaws,
3: um... Let's see. I
0: don't think... Uh, defend. Here's... I mean, they must be doing something on the outlaws. They must be doing something right. They go to straight stage playoffs and almost got go to another, even in metas that were bad for them and managed to stay mid tier. This subreddit acts like they were the third worst team in the league. Because <laughs> they were. <laughs> Which is cause funny because they end up finishing, I think, third worst in the league. The whole yeah. Caesar or something. Also, not needing Bonnie on oh. Mercy and Ruckus on Zen at all times is huge.
1: Uh. Yeah, that uh, didn't quite play out. But also, a fairly reasonable take. I mean, a lot of the discussion on Outlaw a tragic team, and they did go and 7 this year, but they still managed to make, you know, some reasonable performances. Yeah. The, the shock at times, they looked alright when they yeah. the Sombra, this kind of stuff. They're just a very weird team. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of room for improvement.
4: Mm-hmm. 100%.
0: Uh, let's talk about the San Francisco shock, shock above gladiators hacks. Yeah.
4: Imagine that team. And then we, I think we
0: responded. I think Yiska responded you guys and this person responds and goes, you guys are sensitive to the word hack. Eh, just to be clear. I hate anyone who puts a team above my glads. I will laugh at you guys when they dumpster the best tracer and best Genji in the league. Are those are those heroes in Overwatch or <laughs> I can't I, I watched all of season two. I don't remember really seeing them. Uh, Who's we, the
1: best Genji in the league? Who are they even referring? I don't even know. I don't like, know. Are they referring uh, to Architect?
0: We will see Superior Squad in the season. Time will tell. Good luck.
4: Well, I think, um, uh, that question's been answered. Yeah. yeah.
0: Listen, I love that people will double down on their way like, for it. And this is this is a thing, right? So there's there's like three segments of people. You have people who realize that at the end of the day, none of this really matters. Yeah. And it's just all for good fun. And like Pernigate is like, I have dozens of comments about you being a pepega. And I'm like, of course you do. I have dozens of comments about me being a pepega. Bring it on. I'm fine. I'm an idiot. I've said it on the show multiple times. Go ahead. But uh, then you have some people who are like, ooh, this kind of feels bad. And then you're going to have this third comment, this third subject section. I should maybe just turn comments off of people coming in to defend. (coughs) Just don't do it, guys. I'm just going to say right now, don't do it. You don't need to. It's totally fine. It was, we were talking ahead, ahead of time, looking into the future. We're all making fun of each other. We made fun of our Chengdu. I mean, Yiska can't even call Joe by his name. <laughs> laugh at yourself. It's okay. It's healthy for you to be able to laugh at yourself the way I laugh at Joe. Um, <laughs> sorry, Joe. <laughs> what else? Um, let's just let's just keep going down the list here because we've gone through a lot.
3: Yeah. Uh, y'all gonna regret
0: regret not having Soul in top five. LOL. Honestly, they weren't too far yeah. off. Yeah, like that that wasn't the worst, but it also probably wasn't the best way to look at Soul, right?
4: I I definitely slept on Michelle and Marvel and how good they were going to be coming into the season. I still was very worried about what Fisher was going to do with the team. Turns out, not the best teammate in the world. Um stepping away. Um yeah, I, I uh, I'll definitely take that one. I'll I'll take an L there. I I uh, did not expect Marvel and Michelle, especially Michelle. I mean talk about a talk about a standout performance. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, he did
1: he did very well there. I think uh, the everybody that moved over from that team actually mm. potentially outperformed expectations because you never quite know uh, the lucky futures, Zenith is who I'm talking about, right? Mm. The team that was stomping through Pacific and then moved over to China and stomped them as well. You yeah. never quite know whether that means that they are a very good team within the Korean scene or whether it just means they're whaling on a yeah. region that isn't as good. But turns out that every single player that moved on from that team was fantastic, actually.
4: Hurster, DM, IDK, Michelle, Marvel. Yeah. Who was the? Lucid.
1: Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, it was Lucid, wasn't it? Lucid <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> uh, rest in peace
0: we're gonna take a, a brief break here um, Blase tweeted and says also like says a nice hey goodbye uprising I learned a lot great mm. also I'm not playing off tank lol and Harsha responds and says not up to you buddy <laughs> get on
1: kit yeah. oh, I like that, was that. Harsha stamping his authority over the outlaws very early getting,
0: yep. them, getting them quick back to
1: Brigitte um, it is
0: <laughs> what else do we have here? Philly.
4: Could I see a couple of Philly ones. Oh,
0: someone. I think I missed Shanghai. Is Shanghai? Did you guys talk about is Shanghai that low? I think Shanghai yeah, yeah. will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah three three five. Five. That yeah. was the one that yeah. I missed. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we yeah. got go yeah. oh, uh, People
0: who know Toronto know that Toronto is better.
4: <laughs>
0: and we were high
4: I on mean, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were. All. Yeah, it was pretty. That was that was probably my biggest miss. Where was, did Toronto end? Um, we can tell you and
1: fifteenth or
4: seventeenth. Seventeenth.
1: That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's twenty places lower than I thought than I had them. I I I think this team Um was hurt quite a lot by the fact that it was goats the entire time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um I think that the people that built this team were not expecting that to be the dominant um play style for a long time that's why they picked up people like yakbung and ivy who they were mm-hmm. picking up you know because the guy was an excellent winston and because ivy's very yeah. talented on the the dps uh stuff so i think they kind of got screwed that i think you've also really got to look at the loss of stella and the addition of i'm 37 and the fact that yeah. that, that made them switch over their get uh their brigitte and zarya roles and you look at that and you say what what could potentially have been for Toronto. They might have been an okay kind of, you know, bottom to middle of the pack kind mm-hmm. of team. Certainly not just all the way at the bottom, not having any identity, mixing in western players, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think they got a little unlucky this season, but yeah, not uh, not as not as good as we were expecting or hoping.
4: Yeah. Mm. And a bit of a, a bit of a mess in terms of identity, like you said. Coaches stepping away, bringing in players yeah. that really are highly questionable and like just as emergency pickups, just to feel the roster. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty unfortunate. Hopefully um, all things considered, it seems like defiant uh, looking all right in the postseason. We'll see uh, how they, how they progress.
0: Let's take this one at, for the Valiant calling out specifically Volumel. <laughs> so agreed with everything hey. except Valiant at 11. There is no way soon was that important. I agree he was Valiant's best DPS, but do you realize the meta we are in? And Valiant has one of, if not the best, two-way tank situation with Fate and Space. There's absolutely no reason to doubt them out of the playoffs.
4: Right.
2: That's one argument that I... Like, the core argument is, is how did the team improve compared to itself? And that is... Think like I don't know how people think that overall the Overwatch League isn't improving every single year, yeah. And if the especially when the structure stays the same, right? People f- figure stuff out and then they apply lessons, and then new talent comes in, and then you need less talent, whatnot. Then new uh, expansion teams come in, like being. Just being the
1: same wasn't enough. I yeah. am going to defend my pick of LA Valiant <laughs> in the top six here. Because LA Valiant season, you look at it like this. Yeah, they came in and they had the same kind of roster that they had previously. Okay. But if they hadn't been crippled by internal issues, which were you know kind of unknown to people outside of the, the, you know, the interior of the team, mm-hmm. if they hadn't had to fire their head coach and stuff like that, if they had had that same setup that they had had, where everyone was still feeling good about themselves, then they wouldn't have had this appalling Norton 8 start to the season. Sure. And if you sure. remove the Norton 8 start, they have something like a, what is it, a 70% win rate over the re- rest of the season? Yep. Like that's pretty fucking good. So I think the Valiant really just, their entire reason their season blew up was because they started horribly because they hadn't fixed internal issues with the presumably Korean part of the team. Although mm-hmm. they, they only ended up removing, uh, Fate, Fate. I suppose. But, uh, you know, Fate and Moon against everybody else. If they had managed to sort this out in the offseason and even come in with an inferior main tank to Fate, then they probably do pretty well this season. Sure, They definitely make playoffs. To be fair, they also had
2: something with Visa issues where they could only start practicing fairly late in comparison to the other teams.
4: Mm Okay, interesting.
1: But, yeah, I, I think when you look at the Valiant, I think making an argument that if you don't improve, you'll always fall behind is maybe the wrong (laughs) takeaway. Thank you. Thank you. Is maybe the wrong thing to take away from it. My, the thing that I take away from the Valiant is use the off season to fix any issues that came up throughout the year whatsoever. Even if they don't seem like they exist right now, Mm -hmm. make sure you go and fix them. Like for example, the justice, right? They had a good stage four, go back and fix all of those issues that people were talking about in stage one, two, and three, any, Any drama between players, any main tank that wasn't playing as well, all of that stuff. Like, use this opportunity to fix it. Don't just think everything's going to be rosy because you did well in the end of the season. I mean, it seems like their approach
2: to fixing it is just like, okay, we're doing the Boston, get them out.
4: Blow blow them all up. Like, I I just, I'm still very hesitant to trust that people can properly identify. Are the problem children and then get them out? Like it feels like people are very there are certain teams that are very quick to get people out, and there are certain teams that are just like, Oh, well, you know, uh, you know, we had a birthday lunch together once, and you know, uh, you know, I'll keep you around. Like, I, I don't really trust a lot of these orgs to be able to make the moves that need to happen. Now, with that said, I do trust that packing 10, their head coach currently can do that and will do that going forward. So I do like the system approach that they're they're going with and I I think that I'm gonna have to temper the whole well if you're not improving you're losing um, kind of uh, uh, argument uh, specifically for the Valiant just because I do think that Packington does have a good uh, grasp on that whole roster so
1: I think it also depends if other people make changes as well right there's like whole teams like I don't know whether Chengdu are going to make any moves next season. They've got all of their players under contract. The they could pick up mm-hmm. some new Chinese talent, but I think there's going to be a few teams that look fairly similar to what they sure. did previously. And at some point, that might be good enough. Mm-hmm. I also think we will, like to a degree, and to
2: a large degree, I think personally, we are going to roll the dice once again in a character creator for all these players because there there is a debuff from... Admittedly, maybe over dramatized amounts of travel because it's it's it sounds like, you know, you're traveling every week or not, you going to stay where you are and you can't accustom to uh, time zones and whatnot, but still, I think it's going to be even more stress stressful next year. And I think that will bring out very, or make important, very different qualities in players mm-hmm. than we pre- previously heard. I think just like mental strength and not succumbing to the environmental um, factors will be a huge uh, factor. And then I have to say, like for instance, signing someone with like hydration makes sense because he doesn't yeah. seem to be the guy that seems faced with that. Care. And while everyone else is crumbling under like d- different different food, like we for instance, let's say this, right? So you have Korean players that always want their cuisine catered to them. Some of them, right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that on the road? Do you just go to a Koreatown in all these cities? Saka. Or?
4: get some care packages from home. I, I, I don't know. I would imagine that some of these teams have had to deal with that at some point. So they're probably just going to have that just multiplicative. Like it's, it's just going to be a bigger scale of what they already have been doing. Granted, I guess in California, you do have like, um, like a Korean hub. So I, maybe it's a little bit harder to, to travel to Europe and, so and bring that with you.
0: We do have to wrap up pretty quick. There's a couple of more comments I want to run through. Um, Yiska, this one's for you Yiska oh. is right about Chengdu They look really weak Also, Axiom is sick Not known, but highly rated by other pros Volamel is saying Boston doesn't have the star supports anymore Statistically, AimGod is equal and even better Or even ahead of Neko They still have Kellex and are adding uh, LMAO uh, <laughs> Perhaps a better Lucio hey, than Kellex <laughs> I
3: don't know about that one
4: I, I, will, I, mean, I will. I will. Uh, I'll take the L on um, god compared to Necco because I do believe that's correct. Mm-hmm. That his stats were like pretty similar. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure. god was slightly ahead of Necco statistically. Yeah. Boy just needs 18. to play. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And flex support wasn't as important this season as it was in the first season sure. of the Overwatch League.
1: True. I, I think a lot of the lessons that we even learned this season, we might have to relearn next season as well. Because oh, we're yeah, in 2 it's, it's a totally different scenario. Yeah. yeah. Like you come into right. it, you, we don't know what the meta shifts are going to be. It yeah. might be that you absolutely need star DPS next season, which would be maybe the first time ever in Overwatch where you yeah. absolutely need star DPS players. It's, it's very hard Playoff to Playoff patch. Playoff patch, right? playoff oh, pitch right, for a yeah, season yeah, I right. suppose yeah. huh. you know, for for this season I wouldn't say you needed start DPS
0: this no.
3: season oh we just lost everybody it's not here okay, <laughs> there it I'm back he's back Hello. we're here the Windows, correct <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think this season in the playoffs you needed um a Doomfist that really understand what understood what they were doing and a Reaper that which understood can, the
3: timing.
1: Remind me again which role which is that? Role. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's DPS, but it's not like uh it's not like last year where you had to have incredible individual yeah. mechanical skill on the two snipers. I would say that was more important for for DPS. Yeah, okay. Yeah, give, yeah, because of the yeah, okay I mean kind of. Baby Bay was able to do well despite feeding constantly on Reaper. Yeah. So, so I, with I don't the think was hands. that was uh, true in Goats, too, though. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. True. True.
0: So, I, I do have one last comment here. And I think it sums up this last season really well. And the question mm. is why San Francisco is so high?
4: Because they have a super team? Like, yeah i don't know like
0: i i still find it so weird that
4: people are like san francisco's gonna be good and like have you seen these players before like this team is stacked
1: it's very yeah. stacked and also we were given a lot of credit to Krusty too right yeah we can't just say that it was because the roster was stacked because there's That's a lot fair. of other teams in the league that have nutty rosters but um we we all bought into the idea that Krusty was an excellent coach from what we had seen on boston and from what we'd heard from other people as well and turns out that that was absolutely the case. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that wherever he is, and I'm assuming that he's going to stick with the shock, I think they're going to do fantastic stuff again. Yep. Yeah.
4: One of the the proven coaches, I'd say, that I I trust to do very good with basically any roster. Granted, you know, that definitely has to play some factor in your placing. But yeah, Krusty is one of the ones I trust for sure.
2: It can actually not be understated how, yes, you can stack a roster. You can have all these amazing players like Spitfire. Mm-hmm. But the guys that are not playing are going to become unruly and going to, are going to make your environments problematic. And it looked like for a, for a second in the season... Like with a striker, weird Twitter thing. Sure. And I think he did it in a ranked game where he said he wants to switch teams or something.
4: Want to play for Sol or something?
2: Where, where it's like that—that that was the glimpse of that. But then I assume Krusty had a major deal in that. Mm. He, he was somehow able to bring back the or like to ex or uh, that's my assumption to explain. Striker, you, you have a role in this team. And once the meta goes there, like, I, I cannot cut that. Yeah. Like, what, mm. what should I do? Like, the, no, this I mean, the meta. We're playing that.
1: I've been told by the shock people as well that right at the beginning of the season, Krusty said, Listen, even though you guys are going to be on the bench, we all know the meta is going to change. And you are an integral part of our success over the course of this season. Uh, you're going to help us succeed in this meta. And then when we need to call on you for the ne- for the next meta, you're going to be ready. And it just led to all of the people on the bench feeling like they were part of something bigger than just the six right. players that were going out there and playing. I think he just instilled that kind of attitude in the team really early on, and it was incredibly successful. Otherwise, you're right, star players like Stryker do just get disenfranchised with the whole system. Krusty mm-hmm. did an incredible job, and I think that's what more coaches need to do. There are yeah. like the the idea about Sebi Orbi, didn't Sabi Orbi send an interview recently that he was thinking about retiring at some point this year? Because yeah. he was on the bench. I mean, that's the job of the coach to go to him and go, "Wake up, you moron! You, you, you still have so many more years to play this incredible game. You are yeah. a transcendent talent. Don't think about retiring just because yeah. you've been on the bench for." four months or something yeah. uh, you are still going to be useful to us in many different matters or useful on a different team it doesn't matter if you just take a year sat out on the bench mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that's the job of a coach is to make sure that your young
4: players don't get stuck in the short-term thinking and think you know bigger picture
2: yeah yeah
4: with everything and- that's speaking of say bilby the everything that he's said publicly and how he did his pull like the players around him hold him in hot such high regard i don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon like maybe as a player i wouldn't say his days are numbered but that is is very fleeting but he has a a very obvious transitional uh quality and and in going so, into and in being a a solid general manager even being a, a very player-centric coach like
1: Miro's doing interviews
4: yeah look at him he's out there quizzing the people
1: i will
2: also say once again Next year, I think glue players are even going to be more important, even if they are playing, uh, sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. You just need someone that's also a pro, that knows in that system what it's like to go through that, especially as a bench player, and having alongside you world-class players that are currently not playing either because of form or because of uh, meta situations. And for a guy to just... Be there and just tell him, dude. Like that's what we got to do. That's our job here. Right. We either try to play the picks to a serviceable level, if and if someone gets injured, we can um, substitute for him, or we're going to prepare for the eventuality that another meta comes along and we are already ahead of the curve and can immediately crush, much like this uh, uh, shock did. And that is your job then, and. Yes, it doesn't appear as... Like, you're not earning glory directly by doing that. Mm -hmm. But you should feel like you're doing that. You're still more... Like, you're definitely part of an active team. And you should also involve yourself in the process that the team is doing in order to help the environment, in order to also provide certain... um, Normal, maybe, coaching duties were applicable. Sure. Maybe help someone because rarely are skill sets just like, for instance, okay, let's say even the best player in the world, right? Hmm. Like, I can tell you, I'm pretty sure if, um, if maybe Selby Olby sits down with Striker I'm sure he, there are things that he can tell him about certain blink cooldown timings on certain maps that he could improve on. Because yeah. skill sets don't overlap. It's, it's not like a, an unlock thing where it's like, okay, I unlock uh, great aiming and then the next step is no, like, skill sets are very uh, dismorphed between two players and they can only um, gain from each other, right? Yeah, so um, I think especially the 7th and 8th player next year is going to be super important in, in order to make this thing work on the mm-hmm. road.
0: Okay, we gotta we gotta cut it here. We're just gonna be done. Uh, this is a fun show, though. This is it's this is exactly what I kind of hoped it would be. Uh, to those uh, listening live or ranting in Discord or getting ready for their YouTube comments or whatever, I just take a step back and laugh. <laughs> okay, it's okay to take a step back laugh that's what today was about is laughing at uh some of our really silly takes um yeah big show today sideshow thanks for being here by the way man it was yeah thank you very much for it's having always me. it's great and to have you here dude i'd have you on every week I'm <laughs> you know, a little you... too busy
1: every week but happy to I come know, on yeah right
0: want. are you busy what are you doing no, no, no. speaking of
1: Got a lot of stuff. What's what's coming yeah, stuff.
0: what's coming up for you? What can what can you tell us about? Okay.
1: The biggest thing that I can tell you guys about that I'm gonna start doing as soon as I stop doing this is that we have a new uh, channel that we'll Casters and Castles, which is where our Dungeons and Dragons game will live. We've got a little studio here where I've bought a bunch of microphones and cameras and lights and stuff. And we're going to be running live D&D sessions out of here with, I mean, the first ones with Mika and Doa and uh, me and Bren and uh, Ashley with Joe as the DM. Uh, and it's also we, we're going to be doing a couple of like poker nights from there and some board game nights and stuff like that. So it's basically the channel for doing a bunch of tabletop stuff outside of esports, but utilizing entertaining esports talent. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And we're officially launching a 7 p.m. tonight.
4: I'll be definitely too. And,
1: and Dogman we'll has it. literally just sent me a message saying, can I come and play DD with you guys in the future? So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's dope.
0: That's awesome. Well, again, thanks for, uh, for everything, uh, yes, Sideshow. Yes. Uh, every, you're everywhere at Sideshow Gaming, right?
1: Yes, that's right. If you want to check me out anywhere, you've got twitter.com, instagram.com slash Sideshow Gaming.
0: Perfect um yeah well let's go ahead uh Jeska, what about you man shout outs for the week where can people find you
2: uh i just got a new device to record on so maybe we're getting in esports walks we will see depends on the weather pretty much if it holds up uh wanted to talk once again about uh framing of esports um how uh how you can frame it as a competition against yourself and against the opponents and how these things should be used uh, interchangeably where applicable and watch t- uh, what the content around that could look like even though it's very high effort but yeah cool
0: and that's yiska out everywhere right yes perfect joe what about you man what do you got coming up with
4: um so you can follow me on twitter and youtube at volmel um doing a couple like hot take sessions um looking at some of the moves that are being uh, postulated on in the offseason and and kind of just giving my takes on them and that's going to be up on the youtube and just in general doing the writing thing i'm working on another like alternate history we're going to be going back and looking at gc busan i won't uh, spoil too much more than just that but yeah gc busan any any apex heads in chat uh head on over subscribe to that know. youtube
1: I want to see an alternate history where Krusty stays in charge of WNV Korea and they're allowed to. <laughs> they're I allowed wish like we could the a forge team. That, that, is that
4: would be game. amazing. Yeah. Love it. That's an oldie.
0: Uh, as for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube. That's also where the show is posted, youtube.com slash Kick Tripod. We're also everywhere where you can find podcasts. So just type in Tactical Crouch. You're going to find it there, Twitter, tactical underscore crouch. And of course, if you like the show, want to support it there's two really well actually three really awesome ways to do that number one subscribe to the show on twitch you're here already listening to it live you got a twitch prime sub pop it right over there you get some cool tactical crouch emotes and uh we will be forever in your debt so uh thank you for so many of you who have already done that already today if you are like you know what what else you got uh we've got our patreon patreon.com slash tactical We do game nights every month, and we also have a Crouchers uh, channel in the Discord, in Yiska's Discord, that's just for subs and Tactical Crouch patrons. So you can hop in there. Great conversations happening throughout the week, and also game nights. Speaking of game nights, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Pacific time, Twitch.tv slash kicktripod. We'll be playing some games together. I don't think we've decided what we're going to be playing yet. Usually we start out with some Overwatch and then we go into some other really drunk game because none of us can aim anymore. Uh, But yeah, patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Great way to support the show and finally leave us five star iTunes review on iTunes. That's the last place to to go and that doesn't cost anything. It's free. We'll read out your uh, username and if the message is cool, your message on the next show and give you a big thanks. So yeah, that's it. That's going to do it for episode 58 of Tactical Crouch. We're not going to be doing a post-show today. I'm already an hour (laughs) over where I thought I was going to be. So uh, we will uh, see you next week, though. Next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, twitch.tv slash Kick Tripod. Show will be posted shortly on all of your favorite podcast places. Sideshow, thanks again for being here. You're the man. Appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Thank you for having me on.
0: We're out of here. See you guys next time.
3: Bye.